When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Media. Welcome back to the Rutgers Rant. I'm joined as always, Keith Sargent, James Cratch. A depressing week in college football history. Unprecedented week in college football history, fellas. No Big Ten, no Pac-12 this fall. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this, Sargent. I think you were there with me, or at least this is my memory of it. It was a long time ago. But we were, we were someplace in March, and we were talking about what this meant for the college basketball season. And I can't remember who said it or, or what put the idea in my head, but it, you know, at the time it was, well, what about college football? I mean, this, this, could, this could impact the college football season. And my thought then was, oh, come on, that is so far off. You know, I mean, kids, it, 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 no, we'll figure something out before September. But here we are. <laughs> the country didn't figure out the coronavirus, COVID-19. I mean, and this is what happens. This, this is this is the reality we're facing. Uh, so, Sarge, tell me when when you heard this news. I mean, you know, just from the emotional standpoint of what it means to Rutgers, what it means to the Big Ten, what it means to the country. I mean, what what was your first thought? Yeah, I think it goes back. You're right. I mean, back to March when you know the first um, you know coronavirus cases uh, came, the first person died. I think uh, March sixth. You know, in, in you know in the state. Um, you know, flash forward five months, we, we haven't really uh, gotten our, our, our hands around medical experts haven't really uh, come to grips with like the long term effects of, of this virus. There's certain things that we do know that is obviously highly contagious. It has resulted in a lot of deaths. You know, the data suggests that, you know, people under the age of 50 aren't really dying at a high, a high rate. However, there's more to, to this than just dying, right? I mean, I think the long-term effects on the lungs, on you know, on the brain, you know, on on, on, on the heart that we're finding out, there's just not a lot of positive long-term data that we're, we're finding out, especially in the last couple of weeks, where we found out that the inflammation around the heart, you know, can can cause, uh, you know, that that has been 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 shown to, to have been in a number of, of, of Big Ten athletes, uh, according to, to, to uh, you know, multiple reports. Um, you know, inflammation around the heart leads to sudden cardiac arrest. Uh, we've seen, you know, you know, players, you know, you know, in various sports, various levels die of, of sudden car- cardiac arrest. That was probably the, the one thing that kind of tipped the scales all along. I thought it was going to be a difficult decision from – the emotional standpoint, like you said, is so ingrained in our culture. Uh, coaches, players, you, you, you saw them coming out hard over the last couple of days saying that they wanted to play. 
uh, obviously the financial impact. Um, we, we could talk about that, you know, uh, more in depth, but you have to understand that, you know, this is a billion dollar uh, in, uh, industry. Uh, there's not one czar of, of, of college football that's sitting in his mansion collecting all those gold coins. That money is being spread, you know, across the board to administrative salaries, to coaching salaries, to, to we're talking livelihoods. We're talking, you know, yeah. the nighttime janitor at the rack who makes, uh, you know, $30,000. We're talking about the ticket uh, uh, takers and the beer salesmen. That we uh, rely on seventy five hundred dollars, you know, every fall, you know, for for twenty years, uh, you know, because of college football. So we're talking about all these different livelihoods that 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 are impacted by it. Was certainly not a an, an easy decision. Cratch for me, you know, just just when they couldn't even get on the practice field, you know, I, like I I was hopeful in the spring. I even thought going into the summer, even when the numbers were spiking. All right, you know, let's see what happens here, but. You know, Rutgers did it, everything right by by all accounts, right? They had the most testing. They had the best testing, the fastest results. You know, they 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 have, you have a task minded coach and a and Greg Schiano, and they couldn't they couldn't even physically get the team on the field. I, what was the tipping point for you? And was there a moment when when you thought, all right, well this this is just this is just not going to happen? I, it was I, it was the Rutgers outbreak. Yeah. Um, you know, I the whole time my you know, I know we did the podcast a couple weeks ago and you guys were very pessimistic and I was at fifty fifty I was the optimistic one of the group it was just because of inertia I just thought that no one was going to stop these schools from trying to play football it you know June came and they had workouts and it, it seemed like even if there was a stoppage here or there you know Maryland I think when Maryland announced they were stopping workouts they had only had they had under sub. 5% positivity. And it just seemed like they kept on putting one foot in front of the other. And I, I thought that before we knew it, it was going to be September. And holy heck, they're playing a football game. I just thought they were going to kind of stumble into it. But once that once Rutgers had its situation and the mother of the Indiana player, which I think is the biggest right, impact, right. comes out, I just think at that point I was like, you know what? they might not be able to thread this needle and they might not even want to try to thread the needle. And, and I do think that everyone is flipping out, you know, how did the Big Ten release a schedule on Wednesday and then they cancel on Tuesday? I think it's very simple. The presidents and chancellors finally got involved and paid attention to what was going on. Yeah, that's exactly right. it. And right. they made the call. Yeah. And that's what happened. Everyone can rip. Kevin Warren didn't cancel the Big Ten football season. Kevin Warren is basically the Big Ten's Roger Goodell now. He's a human shield <laughs> for the 14 owners, CEOs, presidents, chancellors in the room that made the decision. That's what happened. I mean, the ADs had to put a schedule out because they have to proceed, proceed as if they're going to play a season. I just think that the, the record situation, the fact that Northwestern had to shut the whole program down, basically for a false negative and the Indiana mom going on Facebook, I just think the presidents and chancellors finally said, Oh, wait a second. We've got football players on our campuses. We should look into this. Right. And they did. And yeah. now it's over. And now, and now we have what I think is going to be just a fascinating uh, story that will unfold over the next, you know, few weeks or months, because just like everything in this country right now, we are in a blue state, red state divide with college football. I mean, it, you know, the SEC forging ahead, you know, go, going from dragging, pro probably dragging the ACC with them toward what you were just talking about, trudging toward September and football games and just the single-minded, you know, Clay Travis ins insanity about playing college football during this pandemic. I, 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 now I just wonder, Sarge, you talk about this a little bit, you know, 
Is, do you think there is a chance we will be sitting here in October where we have two, of, two or three of the Power Five leagues still playing while the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are on the sideline? I mean, is, is that really going to happen? Is that where we're headed? A chance, yes. Will it happen? My gut tells me no. And I'm just going to point out that, again, the Pac-12 put out a medical report, you know, after they uh, you know, announced their decision. I'm just going to quote from it. One line. There is new evolving information regarding potential serious cardiac side effects in elite athletes. We do not have enough information to understand the short and long-term outcomes regarding these health issues. How? And I I know there's uh, varying medical reports in anything. If you you think you have cancer, you're going to get second opinion. You're going to get a third opinion. I get that. But how can any league other than the NFL, which has pro athletes who have, you know, who have collectively bargained rights to opt out and still get paid, how is any league in the, you know, football league in the country going to be able to proceed with that hanging out there from from the Pac-12? It's, it's probably hard. It's hard to answer, but football to that, right? I mean, it's just, it's just hard to come. There's no, there's no good comeback for that one, Cratch. And I, you know, as, as I'm thinking about it now, the fact that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 did this, you know, it, the, now the SEC is going to have to answer, well, what's different about you, right? Well, I mean, that, now the, the precedent's been set. The, I, I will say this, and obviously I'm a graduate of an SEC institution, not that there's anything to do with it. The, the SEC, I think, at least has a leg to stand on in the sense that they have basically said, we're not going to play football until September 26th. We're going to bring our students back to campus. We're going to see what happens. Like, yeah. they at least have a plan. But, but we know what's going to happen, though. We, right? we know what's going to happen, but like, at least happen. they, like, you know, they, they have some logic to what they're thinking. Like, right. you know, I understand why the SEC didn't cancel football on Tuesday because they can say, well, look, this is a long-term thing. We're not saying it's going to happen. We're going to try it. But the ACC, which is, like, going to kick off Labor Day weekend, and, and the Big 12, which basically is like, well, you know, you could play you could play in August and not play again until, like, they're, they're just a mess. They're the two leagues that have a tough – and I basically now it's like – I was thinking about this. Like, Let's say they do play. Are they going to rig the college football playoff, assuming we still have one, to give one of the group of five, the highest-ranked group of five team, an automatic bid to basically extort the American, uh, the Sun Belt, and, and the um, – Conference USA and they're like going along with this and like giving them added cover. I hadn't thought no. about that, but yeah, they, they would love it. They would certainly love it. Let me let me just uh, weigh in one more. And Cratch is exactly right on that. But uh, you know, it boils down to the SEC if they are able to do it, or the Big Twelve, or the ACC, or even the NFL. It boils down to money, right? Finances. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because testing and it's not just now it's not just uh the testing of the coronavirus which is going to be you know multiple times a week which at Rutgers um you know according to to sources I I've been to- told they were estimating between 3 and 5 million dollars on testing alone at Rutgers now obviously that's you know we're going to be very prohibitive for for most of the non power 5 conferences which is one of the reasons why I think the MAC uh, decided to pull out but there's it goes more than that now so now with the cardiac stuff an ekg and the heart uh testing that they need to do is uh, according to uh, uh dr Mar- martinez who i uh, who i quoted he's a morristown uh based uh, cardi- uh cardiologist who's obviously been 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 quoted in a lot of other uh, uh media outlets you know this past week with, with regards to, to the inflammation around the heart five hundred dollars a pop for for uh for one of those tests you know just one of them 
So just do simple math, right? You know, Rutgers had, had 30 uh, players uh, diagnosed, could be more now. Um, you know, 30 times uh, times 500 is 15 grand. You know, I mean, and, and you're going to have to do multiple uh, uh, amounts of those tests. And, you know, LSU, Clemson, they already, already uh, had high amounts of spread. And they continue to play on this path. You know, we everyone concedes that, that there there are going to be players who, who come down with this. So now you have to add another wrinkle in addition to the three to five million dollars in, 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 in sheer testing that you're going to do. You're going to, have to do more cardiac. So everyone talks about the liability of that if a kid does die from it, of course, that's going to be a huge amount of money, the morality of it. But just morality, uh, yes. preventing, you know, this, uh, you know, this cardiac, uh, you know, uh, sudden cardiac arrest. We're talking about you know millions of dollars more in testing alone. Yep. Well, I'm sorry. It's like Rutgers is estimating three to five million dollars for a test that they made, that they own, that they create on their campus. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if you're someone else that doesn't. You know, you're not a major research institution, and you've got to go get the right. test on the market. But, but fellas, these guys are. I mean, a lot of these places aren't testing. That's like the dirty little secret, and that that is yeah. a good transition to one of those places that's not testing. And based on all accounts, Nebraska. And I, I, I mean, you know, look, we've been we've been waiting to talk about this, and it's just to me, I, it's just an amazing development within the Big Ten that you know. I'm and I, sorry, I think you were with me, or maybe it was Dylan. I forget who with our first trip out there, we were just dumbstruck about how nice everyone in Nebraska was, and apparently that is true until you talk about taking away their football, because I mean. It's just been an incredible dumpster fire in Lincoln. You know, the media embarrassed themselves with some of the things they've written. I mean, I, I mean, I'm going to read you. I'm going to read you a line from from one column that actually appeared. This is this is what someone in Nebraska wrote, and it's a quote. Starts with quote: "What if a player dies?" A longtime Nebraska football fan asked me last week. "What if a city dies?" I replied in reference to the remarkable ramifications. For Lincoln in the state, if there's no college football in 2020, I just can't I can't believe that some of this stuff has appeared out there. The idea that they were going to go rogue, play their own schedule, join the Big 12, get recruit North Dakota State—I mean, just this crazy stuff—and it's just—I mean, Cratch, I know you've been marveling from it afar as well. I, what do you think is going to happen with that? Are they just going to shut up and get in line? I, I would I would assume so because I, I just. So I think there's a couple issues. One is that Bill Moose, the Nebraska athletic director, is kind of considered like the wild man of the, the AD pack in the Big Ten. He, he, for everything he said the last few weeks, he seems detached from reality. When they went to a conference-only schedule, he was saying, let's play a 12-game Big Ten-only schedule. Like the, 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 There wouldn't be teams left standing at the end of that. Like It's physically insane to play the entire conference. Two... He said, oh, we're hoping to have full attendance at Memorial Stadium. It's 86,000 people. It's incredible. And you're, you're at the point, at the time he said it, the state had like, Nebraska had like the fourth highest effective reproduction rate in the country. They were at like 8, 9% positivity rate in testing. He's like, oh, we're healthy here. I'm like, right. no, you're not. I mean, so, and, and, and this whole thing, we're going to go rogue. And it's just like, like here's the thing. Pence, like a lot of coaches, you know, Harbaugh, Ryan Day, James Franklin, they spoke out, you know, save the season. You know, A, I think that's a little bit of – it was – with Franklin and Harbaugh, it was clearly posturing for defend your players and recruiting, which I understand because the minute the result happened, Michigan and Penn State immediately fell in line. 
I think with Ohio State, they clearly wanted to wait a little bit longer. I think they tried to throw their weight around. But once they realized that wasn't going to work, they fell in with the pack. And now they're looking forward to spring football. But Nebraska, like, I just – I think it would be insane for them to leave the Big Ten. Honestly, like, if they want to leave the Big Ten, I don't think the Big Ten would really care all that much. They'll just – you know, there's going to be a long line of schools who want to join the Big Ten. Um, Nebraska, they they talk about how much they're losing economically. I'm sure you're going to pay a massive penalty to leave the Big Ten. And if you go back to the Big 12, one, you know, you basically – Texas owns your soul at that point, too. You know, you're not going to get as much TV money for a while, and you're never going to get as much TV money as the Big Ten is, even if these contracts go up once we get back to playing. And the third thing is this whole, like, independent schedule. One, I don't even know if there's anyone to play. But two, if there are teams to play, I, I, I would be stunned if Nebraska – I could totally see Nebraska saying, we're going rogue, we're playing independent schedule. And then North Dakota State calls up and says, hey, we'll play you. And eh, no, 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 no. You know, Army, hey, come play at Mikey Stadium, the safest place in America to play a football game. I'm sure Nebraska will find a reason to not go play them. You know, can't play the triple option. So uh, I just think it's it's beer muscles. It's come at me, bro, in the bar, basically. It's exactly what it is. So, and Sarge, it's great. People talk about, and it's been a long-term thing, like the Big Ten made a mistake adding Rutgers. Well, <laughs> what to say? I mean, and I, I get it. I get what Nebraska is. I understand they have not been a – Dominant football program. They've given nothing to the league as far as market goes or or prestige university-wise goes. I think they're the one team now, I believe, without, you know, the, the you know, the, the, the accreditation that the rest of the league yeah. has. I mean, go ahead. Let's, we're all kicking Nebraska. It's your turn, Sarge. Go ahead. You tell us you hate corn. Tell me something else to get me angrier about Nebraska, please. Well, I think our, 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 our beloved former colleague, Ryan Dunleavy, you know, and you were there, I think, when we were at, you know, and we talked to Julie Herman, who was a, a Nebraska alum, and no comment That's there. Nebraska. Yep. Yeah, no mm-hmm. comment there. Um, so, but she, you know, before our trip, you know, our first trip at the Lincoln, she was raving about the pizza in, in Nebraska. Oh, there it and is, yes. it was... And she said, you got to try it. It's like nothing you've ever tried. And we're like, okay, we'll try it. And then we're like, we're going to eat there that, that Saturday night. As luck had it, it was actually in the press box, the, the place that Julie recommended. And we get online and try some Nebraska pizza. And Ryan takes a bite of it in the line. Now, you know, I, I don't want to have this image, you know, with, with everything that we're going through with, with germs and, and coronavirus this is not an image that you really want in your head. Certainly not, not something that you want to do in 2020, but he's online, takes a bite of the pizza and is so repulsed by it, spits it out <laughs> into the garbage can. Into the garbage. It had, all all like, these nice Midwestern people are looking at him. I mean, it really was, it was, done. it was quite it's a moment. Really, yeah. yeah. It was it was it was a sight to behold, but it had some sort of mustard. It had some sort of sauce, mustard, mayonnaise, something in there that just was not Whatever good. It does not, it does not belong in pizza. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was. No it was but again, we could talk. Cratch hit on all the, the the points. I will say, from the financial standpoint, Nebraska had no problem, you know, cashing in the fifty five million dollar uh, check yeah. from the Big Ten for TV revenue. You know, they would have had $40 million from the Big 12, mind you. Uh, so they had no problem catching the $55 million uh, you know, on July 1st. You know, so ultimately. I, I will add this. Yeah. Like, 
it, if you're surprised by this, just remind yourself, this is a team that a school in the last 17 years has fired two head football coaches who had career 700 or better winning percentages when they were fired. Yeah. They have a little bit delusional. What's one, what's one dead kid in the grand scheme of things if it helps Nebraska football? <laughs> Good God. What a crazy place. All right, let's move on to spring ball, and this is obviously what we, you know what matters now. Um, I, and and this is, there are two things about this that's fascinating, guys. Number one, the new Rutgers president was on the radio talking about this, which, of course, is in itself would have been an entire podcast topic that we now have a president at Rutgers who's comfortable enough talking about athletics to go on NPR for six minutes and talk about the future of what's going on with college football. That, to me, means A, that, that Rutgers is in a better place long term, and B, he was probably really engaged in these conversations uh, that uh, that led to what happened here. That said, in this conversation with NPR, Holloway um, mentioned that he was very bullish on spring football, which surprised me because everything you've read so far about spring football has been the opposite. Urban Meyer, Barry Alvarez, all these guys are saying, well, I don't think it's going to work. In Cratch, you've, you have your own idea of how to put this season together. Do you think that spring football is really a viable thing I, I going think it's forward? a viable thing going forward if, the, if the, the league is realistic about what it can do in the spring. And I think it's the virus, you know. So we know that, obviously, the, the Big Ten is going to allow these, these players, to, these teams to stay on campus and have their 20 hours a week of, uh, you know, football activities, training, lifting, all that. So if, you know, somehow uh, we we start to beat this thing back finally and we get to Thanksgiving, you know, maybe the Big Ten can say, okay, we're going to start training camp in December and we're going to try to, you know, start this season in, in January or, you know, mid-January, early February. I think that's that kind of has to be the, the, the cutoff point. I think you need to you need to be on the field at least by the Saturday before the Super Bowl is supposed to be played. Now I know people are say the weather's horrible. I do think that like baseball goes to Florida and Arizona for a couple weeks at the beginning of the year. It's entirely possible that the entire Big Ten might be going to Minneapolis, Indianapolis, Detroit, and playing you know doubleheader weekends in the dome if the weather is is too bad in some parts of the country. To, to get going. But I think you play six games, play your division games, maybe have a conference championship game, a, a very limited amount of bowl games. I mean, let's just assume that, you know, let's say the, the Big 12 and the SEC and the Pac-12, uh, excuse me, the ACC, they either play their season or they it starts and it's a complete disaster, but they're not going to play in the spring. You know, all, all you need to do is have the Big Ten champion play the Pac-12 champion if they play in the spring in the Rose Bowl with quotation marks. Maybe the Big Ten sends a team to play the MAC champion. You know, you, so basically you're done by mid-April, and then you have eight May, June, July, August to rest. You start training camp at the end of August. You kick off the last week of September. You play a ten-game regular season. You're back to normal. What do you think, Sarge? Um, I agree. Um, I think uh, you, you might even push the calendar a little bit uh, uh, back further from what my understanding was. Um, you bring the athletes back uh, January 18th, I guess that would be like your normal winter break, um, you know, w return. And, you know, you have a you know, four or five week uh, training camp. You start uh, the last weekend in February, February 27th. Uh, you play six games over seven weeks. That gets you the first week of April. 
and then you play a Big Ten championship. Keep in mind, you know, uh, there's not going to be a, a college football championship. But then right. after you know the Big Ten championship, which you can make some revenue on that, uh, then you just you know play your bowls with wh- whichever conferences. You know, if again, if if we're talking at, you know at that point where the SEC and the ACC and the Big Twelve all decided to, to play during the fall. Then they're out, but then you know the Mountain West and 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 the MAC and 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 the Pac-12, the conferences that decide to go forward with spring. You could just play bowl games with them. You could you know play the still play the Rose Bowl between the Pac-12 champion and the Big 12 champion, a uh, Big Ten champion. So ultimately, yeah, I, you know, I, I I agree. There are, the wear and tear is going to be the biggest issue. That you know the the the, the possibility of playing 15 games in, in you know in the fall, you know, in six or eight games during, during the spring. Big time a challenge, um, but Cratch is right. I think you have to be forward thinking as far as changing up uh, uh, fall of twenty twenty one as well. Yeah, I guess. I guess that, and we'll get to the uh, Rutgers insider questions in a minute. But I, that is one point that a, a, a really good point that one of our uh, subscribers made was that I rather have one normal twenty twenty one season than two gimmicky half ass baked. You know. Yeah. And I just wonder why? Why sacrifice if you're not? You might even get it done in, in the spring. You know. Well, here, here's why. I think what, uh, so here's why. And this is what I was told early on and uh, the question of finances. If the doomsday scenario is not having a college football season in fiscal year 2021, right. and we're talking about the TV money um, and potentially the ticket money, um, you know, we're talking, again, that's where we're talking about the doomsday scenario of not having it. Um, the Pac-12, there was a report that came out about, you know, a bridge loan, uh, where where they go to the banks and and you know and they give they try to make uh, programs as whole as possible you know with, you know with, with with a loan that you had to pay back over ten years. Rutgers is familiar with the, the, the loan process. They've taken out these in the past. Um, there's been no. I, I've, I asked over the last twenty four hours whether or not the Big Ten uh, got that. I know it was something that I reported about a month ago as a as a uh, possibility, but. Unless they get some sort of financial security from whether it's a loan or the TV network saying we're gonna we're gonna make it as whole as possible, um, you know the, the 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 it's very important to play college football in fiscal year 2021 for 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 these uh, schools. Right. right. I, I will also add this. I, I've heard from some people that you know there might be a lot of money in spring football, you know. Giving ESPN a Big Ten, a real-life Big Ten football season, even if it's on a smaller scale, after the Super Bowl is like the equivalent of a page, NBC page at 30 Rock in the basement discovering like a lost season of Friends and a lost season of Seinfeld that no one, you know, <laughs> that we could put on TV all of a sudden. It's like, you know, they would much rather play, you know, Ohio State, Michigan than Nick's Magic in NBA regular season games. So I think this could be something that the, the there's a lot of hurdles to it, and I think that they're prepared to not play in the spring. They realize it's going to be a challenge. But if ESPN is now flashing even more money to play it, I think they're going to find a way. All right, let's do a quick true or false and then get to the insider questions. Gentlemen, you know how true or false works. I won't give you the details. Here we go. First one, true or false? This is good news for Greg Shiano. Sorry, it's true or false? True. False. Cratch? False. Wow, come back to that one. I'm going to go true. Uh, okay, next one. True or false? You think this is bad for football? Forget a basketball season. Sorry, true or false? False. 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 Cratch? False. 
All right. True or false? Layoffs are coming to Rutgers. Lots of them. Sarge, athletic department taking a hit. True or false? True. Yeah. Cratch? I'll say true. I think it's a little bit too early, though. It is early. True or false? Gianna will turn over a quarter of this roster before Rutgers plays again. Sarge, true or false? True. Cratch? True. Yeah, we have no idea what that's going to look like. Uh, the Big Ten has a commissioner problem. Sarge, true or false? False. False. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go true, just because of. Well, we'll talk about it, but I think there's evidence that people don't have confidence in him. Uh, true or false? Kyle Flood, Clay Travis is a match made in hell. Sarge, true or false? Uh, for, <laughs> true. <laughs> I did stir the pot. I mean, I did put it in your head uh, two days ago when I saw those tweets. People did. The other, you know what happened? It's kind of like, you know, I got the hooker answer. Congrats. This to the other podcast. So I'm sitting there winding down last night after a really long day, and I get a text from Mike Vorkanoff, the host of the, uh, what are, I don't know. There's so many podcasts. Are you screwed? Screw podcast? Are you screwed? Are you screwed? Yeah. And he, and he says to me, did you see this? You've got Kyle Flood. You know, celebrating and amplifying tweets from Clay Travis, who, of course, is responsible for attempting to destroy the career of the man who who gave Kyle Flood every single thing in coaching, uh, Greg Schiano. And I just I saw it and I just couldn't help myself. We don't have to discuss that one. But I mean, good grief, people get a grip. All right. So you actually do not think this is good news for Greg Schiano, uh, Cratch. Explain. So here's the thing. Like, I totally understand that. They were going to go one and nine at best if they had played this Big Ten only schedule. And the fans were like, I see four wins. I'm like, good. You're about as loopy as the Nebraska folks right now. I mean, <laughs> they were not going to win many football games, if any. But that being said, I just don't think that Greg can just recruit his way out of this. And in 2021, like, it's, it's, it's been fixed just out of recruiting. I think there's a lot of young players – on that team from the last couple of recruiting cycles under Ash that either have to play and get better and kind of provide a, a, a backbone and a foundation that Greg can kind of build on until it's entirely his team, or they've got to see the writing on the wall and move on to other things so that Greg can free up more space on the roster to bring his you know transfer portal guys. And that's my issue. I just, I think this team has to play and get better or play and figure out who can help it so that those, so they can make more additions. You know, the bottom line is now, whether it's in the spring or fall 2021, they don't have a proven quarterback, you know, still, they don't know what that is. You know, I, I just think that's the issue that they needed to play and improve and that you can't just strictly recruit your way out of this hole that this program has built. Right, right. Uh, and you both think there's going to be a basketball season? I'm just not as sure because, I, I, you know, if you're at the point now where you're not going to play essentially in front of fans without a vaccine, I think that's what we're saying, how in the world do you have an indoor sport? I mean, that basketball, you would think the greatest transmission, the way you're on top of each other, would be worse than football. Sarge, why do you think they're going to play basketball? Here's why. Less numbers. You know, you're, you're, football, you're talking about 100 yeah. and something players. Uh, basketball is just less right. numbers, so the testing isn't as prohibitive. Um, so, um, and I think ultimately uh, travel is going to be tough. I mean, travel, you know, I, we've all, we'll all talk about the travel, but ultimately um, I think it's going to be condensed mightily. Uh, you know, 
again, conference only uh, season uh, for, for most of these leagues. Um, and I think what we, there's it's going to be too tough to, to not have a March Madness. Uh, so I think it's going to be a, a, a season unlike we've ever seen. But I think ultimately they're going to do everything they can. And, uh, you know, when, when you do talk about bubble, I think, you know, the bubble pos- potential is not for the regular season, but for certainly for March Madness. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, you can bubble March Madness, as you know, in terms of travel. You can, you know, Steve Peichel could put his basketball team on a plane at 8 a.m. They could fly to, you know, Purdue. They could play at a you know, 1 p.m. Eastern tip-off, and they could, you know, you can literally fly, bus to the arena, play the game, get on the bus, go back to the airport, fly back home. And I, and I think you, you could send five, you know, six teams – to a central site for 10 days and play a bunch of games every other day and, and knock them out that way. I, I think they're going to find a way to play hoops. It might be you know, a 15-game regular season and you go right in the conference tournament, but I do think you can find a way. It's a lot more nimble than football. I think, I think you're both missing the point that they canceled the football season because of the, what, what they didn't know about right. COVID. No so if, we're not, if we don't know more in five months about true. it, that that to me is the. I mean, it's not it's not about whether or not they can get to Nebraska. It's about whether or not this this you know this disease can really affect them. But, but, Steve, right, so. but Steve, again, I'm talking about the, the sheer uh, numbers. I, I pointed out the the you know the five hundred dollar uh, per test for the heart uh, exam. It's just the, the sheer number of, of, of players is going to be a factor in you know in, in, in that decision. It's going to cost less money to to, to test and and to, and to do testing across the board. Very true. All right, one one last point, Sarge. Do you think you know you would know best? Obviously, this is going to be a financial test for Pat Hobbs, and in a way that he couldn't imagine uh, even before this happened. Now, there's definitely no revenue from football games. What do you think is going to happen with within the athletic department? Um, so, I'm just going to again. I hate speculating because, uh, as I said before, when you're talking about the money that that these schools stand to lose. We're not talking about one central guy diving into a you know a, a pot full of money like Scrooge McDuck. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, this is you know the money gets spread to to to, to salaries, and so I hate yeah. speculating about this, but I'm just going to quote uh, Jonathan Holloway when he was asked about it. He said, "Look, the financial implications are real. Everybody understands that. It's too early to to say what gets cut." He pointed to the you know the state being in, in a really tough financial situation. Um, you know, obviously Rutgers, you know, relies on, you know, heavily on, a, on an appropriation from the state. None of those numbers are, are clear yet. They probably won't be clear until the end of September. But, you know, he did not uh, deny the fact when, when, when he was asked about, you know, cuts, you know, that, that, that stuff is going to be on, uh, uh, you know, on the table. He said, bottom line, it's going to be tough. So, um, again, speculating yep. on is tough, but, um, you know, just... It, you know, we're not just talking about athletic stuff getting cut. We're talking about stuff across the board, you know, throughout the university. Yeah. All right. Rutgers Insider questions. Thanks again for everyone for sticking with us during uh, this transformational time in Rutgers history. NJ.com backslash text if you want to join. And if you did join, this is I'm going to say this. I don't know if you guys realize it who are subscribers, but Cratch had this news on the Rutgers Insider before the national guys that tweeted it out to the world. So take a bow, Cratch. People, people, people who are giving their $4.99 learned about this before anybody else on the planet. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool stuff. All right. Uh, here's a good question. And I, I wondered about it myself. Uh, nary a word from Greg Shano during this process prior to the decision. Any for inf- information to share regarding his seeming science, science. And, uh, 
you know, Sarge, what are you hearing? Is he going to give a statement at least? I mean, Holloway's on the radio. Every coach in America has been on TV. Why is Greg uh, not talking? Well, um, so he will talk. My understanding is he will talk at some point. Um, people are going to ask, and we'll ask him, you know, on the record, you know, just his thoughts on, on playing. And I do, not to give too much behind-the-scenes stuff, because I think that would be unfair, but I will say that in his public statements going back, you know, a couple months ago, he pointed out that, you know, there were, you know, members of the team who, who whose families lost loved ones. He also is from New Jersey, which, he, you know, he understands more than anyone, you know, what the state has gone through. So, right. and now he's experienced an outbreak, you know, an outbreak that started from two to four to 10 to, you know, more than 30 uh, cases. So he understands just how real, uh, as we've also reported, there were symptomatic cases and, you know, by symptomatic, I'm talking, you know, flu-like conditions. So he understands how serious this virus was. Um, I think, you know, again, we'll get them, we will have an opportunity to get them on the record at some point, but I think just based on what he said before and just based on, uh, you know, knowing how, the seriousness of this virus, I think we kind of have an understanding of his, his feelings on it. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. I thought he, I thought there was a place for him to be the counter voice to, you know, a borderline insane Jim Harbaugh screed. And, you know, the Ryan Day didn't look good on television either, insisting like Ohio State's going to leave the Big Ten. I, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry there, coach, but yeah, give me a break. Uh, you know, there was a place for someone to come out and say, hey, look, we got to worry about these kids. We don't, you know, for coach to come out before this decision, um, you know, that kind of that void was filled. I'd be interested to see what he says, you know, when now the decision is made, if he, you know, how strongly he, he comes out in support of what the Big Ten is doing. All right, other questions we got here. Um, so we've talked about it a little bit, but is, you know, do you think there, uh, if, if you are Pat Hobbs, money is a huge negative, will there be a bridge loan or some sort of financing from the Big Ten to make up for lost football TV revenue? Um, that's going to happen, right, Sarge? We understand that there's going to be some kind of way the Big Ten is going to make these guys as much whole as they can. So, again, I've reported this about a month ago, the, the, the potential of this happening. Um, I don't have anything concrete on that. Pac-12. Uh, there has been reporting that the Pac-12 has already secured this uh, uh, bridge loan. Um, Rutgers in the past has gotten it from the Big Ten. So is Maryland. Um, maybe not every school will, but I mean, Wisconsin, Barry Alvarez has already talked about losing $100 million. So um, I don't know, you know, when you're when you're talking about just, you know, the the, the, the down the line, the Big Ten, the Big Ten can easily uh, justify it by saying we have these uh, TV contracts that are worth, you know, um, you know, a billion dollars. So they should be able to secure something where, where you know, where, where they're making uh, athletics of performance as, as whole as possible. I'd be, I'd be quite frankly, I'd be surprised if, 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 if it hasn't happened already. Right. All right. This is a good one. I like, and I like weird, random college football speculation. It's been so long since we've had uh, conference re affiliations to talk about. Uh, weird thoughts slash question. Let's say Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Nebraska, and Wisconsin all voted to play and are ha unhappy about not playing. What is preventing them from one, leaving together, then asking the Big Ten to welcome them back, or two, forming their own conference and grabbing any other defectors or teams that won't? Scratch you like you like this stuff. You want to take that one? What what, what could so what, what's what's preventing them from leaving is that the Big Ten it's called grants of rights. Yes. The, the Big Ten basically controls the media rights right. of all the member schools. 
and it's a contract that extends out, and it expires at some point. But, for instance, the ACC, the, the great maneuver that the ACC made when conference expansion happened was they created a grant of rights that's like in the 2030s. And the other thing is that Notre Dame is included in the grant of rights, so Notre Dame can't join a conference unless it's the ACC for like the next 15 years. So that's what's keeping them out of it. Now, that being said, I do think there's a possibility that, and we kind of are getting closer to it with each day and all the development, especially you know, with, with about players' rights and unionization or a players' association, that someone, and it's probably going to be driven not by geography, but by Amazon Prime or ESPN or Hulu, is going to say, why don't all the big brand name football programs get together and create their own league? I think that day could come someday where it's not just Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State leaving, but USC leaves the Pac-12 and Oklahoma and Texas leave the Big 12 and Clemson leaves the ACC and half the SEC leaves. And now you have this like premier league, you know, champions league of college football and it's all on a streaming service, and it's all about money. Um, I don't think that's impossible. That. Yeah, I'd spend my nine ninety nine on that. But, to, yeah, but I, no, those schools are not going to leave. As we discussed, I think a lot of it was just posturing for recruits or, and trying to throw your weight around. Nebraska is the only team that I think would consider leaving. And if they left, there would be a line out. I mean, I don't know where the Big Ten would go, but they would have options. All right, this is a good one, Sarge. Maybe I don't know. I you crash. I don't if you know the answer. Does Rutgers have any two sport athletes that a season shift would make them choose between sports? That's a great question. They've had obviously they've had them in the past. I mean, I can think of a couple off the top of my head. Do they have any now? Yeah, I I, I saw the well, question. I, mean, I, I don't I don't see any. Crash do. I mean, normally well, I mean, field well, hockey and lacrosse is, is you know is, is one of those sports. They do have cross country and, and, and track and field. That doesn't really count, but. But there's no baseball, football, like no. uh, I can't think of the kid's name now. The receiver yeah, played both sports. I mean, there's yeah. no, no, no. Harris, no the, right? the, yeah, only yeah. Thing, the only thing I can think of is, and this is something that we're going to talk about with eligibility and stuff, is that I would imagine there's a lot of if there's not high school football in this country really this year. I think you're probably going to see a lot more kids who um, try to enroll in January, if anything, just to be able to get in the in the strength and conditioning program, right. And Keontae Hamilton obviously is a big time. You know, he's got you know wrestling. He was initially a wrestling commit. Now he's a football commit. Um, I, I, but I even if he enrolled early, I don't think it would really impact him if there's football and wrestling season at the same time because he's not a guy who was going to wrestle his first year. He he would have redshirted in wrestling anyway, so he might just stick with the football program where he's probably going to redshirt there too. But no, I can't think of anybody, but you know, it's, it's definitely something that I'm sure is going to be an issue somewhere. And, you know, Hey, you know, maybe you're going to kind of have like a cool, like Jackie Robinson type athlete that, that does hoops and football at the same time. Another good one that we, you know, obviously we have no idea what the rosters could look like, but do you think that the delayed season will have any impact on the starting quarterback between Artsikowski and Noah, Noah Vedral? I mean, I guess, are they both going to be on the roster? I mean, this kid came from Nebraska. Is he going to stick? I mean, there's so many different things that could happen here. What's so what's going to happen with the quarterbacks? Either one of you guys, go ahead and grab that one. Well, I will say I will break I, think, I will break a little news here by saying they had one practice a couple of weeks ago, and and uh, you know on that Friday before everything got shut down. My understanding, talking to uh, various uh, people, is Arsikowski looked really good, and he handled. 
the bulk of the uh, first team snaps. Um, so I, you know, he looked good in practice at the beginning. I mean, we've been talking about him as a practice player for for three years. Yeah, I, you know? I, I think you know ultimately, you know, everyone talks about you know the the fit that Vitral would have had with with, with uh, the new offensive coordinator yeah. Sean Gleason. But the other thing that you're forgetting is you know that Sikowski came from IMG, where Jay Butler, the the highly beloved, oh, yeah. highly trusted strength and conditioning coach that, that Greg Ciano has a lot of faith in came from as well. So there's a, you know, a, a relationship there. Um, will have a long-term effect. Um, I can't really answer that question. I will say that had there been a season, uh, you know, I would have pegged the, the, the chances of, of Art Sikowski being the starting quarterback a little bit higher than Crash probably would have. Right. Uh, I don't think it makes much of an impact just because while I think technically Art would be NFL draft eligible now. I, I don't. I don't think he's obviously going to make that move, and Noah Vegel's not going anywhere. So I think you're just kind of putting the whole competition on hold. Right. Okay. Uh, recruiting question: Where are we with the uh, St. Joseph's guys and other potential four or five star guys? We are in the mix for. Uh, and, and are there any guys we suspect might leave Rutgers and enter the transfer portal slash graduate? So here's, I mean, there's a two part one crash. I mean, obviously recruiting, you know, I think we've all, we've talked about it, but the fact that, you know, COVID has made it difficult for all of these guys mm-hmm. to look at other campuses has been a help for Rutgers. Um, so how is that going to be impact? And then is there, is there a fear that the, the, are there players on this Rutgers rocket roster who are valuable enough that they could, enter the transfer portal and get picked up by an ACC team if, if that really is, you know, a, a thing that's happening in the world. What do, what do you think? So the St. Joe's guys, it seems like the, the recruiting buzz is that they're trending toward Michigan State. Now, I think the one thing Rutgers fans can kind of take solace in is that, unlike with Chris Ash, I don't think it's over if they commit to Michigan State. I think Greg is his staff are going to be in it till the end, and there's always a chance for a flip. Right. As for guys on the roster, I mean, yes, there there are there are good football players at Rutgers. But that being said, who what are you transferring to? Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I think that I think that I understand the concern, but I also think people are kind of making a little bit too much of the idea of you're going to get a kid's going to get in the transfer portal. He, he's going to just randomly pick a school he, that might not even play football by the time he actually gets his you know transcripts through. So I, I just think that, that I understand it's a concern, but I would think that it, it's it's a uh, and another thing too is you, you, these schools that are, are still playing, they're not going to want you know guys to three you know they're going to want guys who can help now. And I don't know if Rutgers necessarily has all those guys that can immediately jump with n- with, with no issues about eligibility and contribute immediately. Yeah, I can think of just a couple. Really, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, all right, and this is, uh, I mean, this is a good one, I think. I know you guys probably don't want to get too political, but is it frustrating that the relaxed handling of the pandemic by national leadership has led to the virus still being uncontrolled? So many people are willing to follow, are unwilling to follow simple steps of mask wearing and social distancing. I can't think, help but think that attitude comes from the top. I mean, I, yeah, again, we don't want to get, we won't get too political, but I mean, I think that's, I think we're here because of, because of that. If this thing had been, you know, we had, I've had this conversation a number of times with people, you know, if we had gotten this thing under control as a nation in the spring, like Germany, like, you know, all of Europe, like most of the industrialized world would, well, 
it would it would absolutely be a different situation. And not just for this, by the way. You know, we're learning today that it's unlikely that our kids are going to go to school. I mean, like think of oh, I still can't I still can't have a hamburger inside a restaurant. You know, there's like a million things that are part of this. And yeah, I mean, I am I am extremely frustrated. Sorry, you want to feel this one or you want to just? Yeah, I'll, I'll field it. Um, so again, not to get political, uh, I will say this: that Pat Forty, uh, the, uh, the the columnist for SI.com, had you know a story, and you know, and if you just want to Google, you know, the President Trump and and Pat Forty, uh, you could read it. Um, I agree with you know all of his points on that. Again, not not getting political. I will say, touch on it from the uh, the the other question that you asked. My last story, and you you covered the, the health, uh, um, the coronavirus from the health perspective for for uh, you know four months while we were you know away from sports. My last story that I wrote was pondering the question, you know, is there going to be a second wave? You know, I think what we're learning right now is nationwide. There's not a second. We're we're in the first wave. It's just one long wave. So. You know, as far as whether or not New Jersey, which has numbers that are, are, are is doing a lot better than a lot of these other states, whether or not it actually results in a so-called second wave, probably too, uh, too early to tell. But if it does, we're probably have to blame uh, you know, the rest of the country and, and you know, and, and you know, where other states are at at, at this point. Right. Right. All right, fellas, that's uh, that covers all that I got to tell you. And it's just, you know. It's uncertain for, for college football, uncertain for us, you know, and I, I think people, you know, there's been this, this unreal narrative that some dummies in, uh, in, on fringes of, uh, of the, of the college and the pro and college football media put out there that, you know, people in, in the sports, in sports writing, you know, wanted to see this happen. I can't think of anything like I wanted to see happen less. I legitimately look forward to arriving at the football stadium and walking through the parking lot and seeing familiar faces before a game and talking to them and going to the press box. And I know the, the outcomes have been, have been, have been terrible the last few years, but, but still covering a live event and, and talking about it and, and speculating what will happen next. I mean, it's why we all got into this business and then I have it this fall for college football. You know, it's going to be rough. Final thoughts. You guys want to get a I. No, I think about all the tailgates, like you said, you know, that, 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 that we go through and we're getting invited to. And, you know, like it's just such a way of life. It's a way of life for us. I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years. I, I, I asked the question to a few people. It's like, what the heck are we going to do without it? So, um, you know, just yeah. a depressing day. One of the more, more depressing days I've had, you know, in this business maybe ever. Yeah. Cratch, final thoughts? No, I, I just like college. I mean, I, I – I think that college football has been like a, a major part of my life since I was like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12. I'm going to be 31 in October. It's, uh, it's just weird. Um, you know, I, you know, it, 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 it's horrible. I mean, it just, I think that I kind of step back. Like, even I remember after, in March, I was like, you they canceled March Madness. And now it's like, there's not going to be Big Ten football this fall. And, you know, look, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, like, I hope. I hope the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 can find a way to play safely uh, and get it done. But I, I just I don't know. I don't think that's likely to happen. But I mean, I, I certainly hope they do. I mean, I, I, I hope that there's an Army. I think it would be immensely important for national morale that there be an Army-Navy game this year. But I just don't know. I don't know. Exactly. I'm going to have to take the kids apple picking. That's what that means. 
Ugh, Apple Kitchen sucks. <laughs> All right, guys. On that note, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Everyone, thanks for listening. I don't know when we're going to do this again, but I, I'm certain we're going to do it again well before Rutgers plays a football game. Steve Politi, James Cratch, Keith Sargent, signing off. Thanks for listening.